0: Hello, all. We are back with the eleventh episode of the 2023 World Cup series. This is Vasanth, and with me are Vijay Kumar Balasubramanian and Anand Kumar Shankaran. Today, we will review the seven games that took place after our last episode, and we'll preview the five games that make up the last round. Let's jump straight into the reviews. The first game was between Afghanistan and Netherlands. Really not much to say. Afghanistan was efficient, while Netherlands panicked while batting, leading to multiple runouts. I thought the game was largely one-sided, with Afghanistan slowly grinding Netherlands out of the game. Thoughts?
1: Yeah, four runouts in this game for Netherlands. They continue to run themselves out in the next game as well. To me, the interesting thing was, Mohamed Nabi was the pick of the bowlers this game. And in the next game, he did not come into bowl until the 33rd over when Maxwell was fully set. I don't understand that. How can you go from your star bowler to not bowling till the 33rd over? There is some captaincy mishap there. But yeah, very efficient performance. Afghanistan was clinical.
2: Yeah, likewise, I think Netherlands was also feeling jaded in this game. I feel that had they started the tournament playing against like an Afghanistan or Bangladesh, they would have kind of attacked the opposition a little better, be fresh and all that. I think they felt jaded because I think for a team like Netherlands that comes into a tournament having very little hope and already being at the bottom of the table, the motivation might be lacking.
0: But anyway, what may, they've done well. doesn't matter what the rest of the tournament holds for them. Let's quickly go over to... Pakistan vs New Zealand. Rachin Ravindra, what a player. Three hundreds in one World Cup. No other New Zealander has done it. And the shots were simply breathtaking. Brilliant driving, the pulls into the stands on the leg side. Absolutely spectacular. Kane looked his old self. That was a, a brilliant batting performance from New Zealand. The Pakistanis predictably just took off from the beginning. Fakhar Zaman was looking absolutely magnificent as he just blasted the New Zealand attack to every corner of the field. And then came the rain. So what should have been an interesting finish with a 400 kind of chase petered out into a shortened game which really was advantageous to the chasing team, especially when they got off to such a good start. I think the weather denied us a very good endgame. All the same, uh, a very good performance from the batters. Less said, the better about the bowlers. And less said, the better about playing Ish Sodhi at the Chinnaswamy on his first game of the tournament. They did have other options. They could have thought this through a little bit more. They went with more spin than pace, which didn't make sense at the Chinnaswamy. But let's be very clear. The cornered Tigers are making a move. Thoughts?
1: Uh, yeah, Rachin's batting, I think he only had 1-6 in that game. Very crisp, very clear shots. And, you know, I think the Bangalore outfield was nearly as fast as the Pune outfield. He was just piercing gaps at will, toying with the uh, uh, fielders. You know, Ramiz Raja was lamenting. And saying, you know, once you cross 300, that's it. We can't chase. We can't win. He was desolate. Just wonderful batting. Pretty much everybody except Devon Conway came to the party for New Zealand. It's quite sad that a score of 401 is not enough. But that I suppose that's Bangalore for you. In terms of the ground as well as in terms of the weather that it gives. Fakhar Zaman's assault was breathtaking but asking Ish Sodhi to bowl for those two overs after the rain was I don't know maybe they thought the rain rain was done it wouldn't come back again I, I don't know I, I don't understand what happened there probably would not have made any difference I mean who else is going to bowl I mean it was they tried Daryl Mitchell instead Saudi did bowl well of all the bowlers if you look at it Sodhi was the was the pick of the lot New Zealand may be eliminated tomorrow if, if it
2: rains again. This, this game actually took me to, uh, back to 19 World Cup. Pakistan versus England in the yeah. league. Pakistan got all out for 74. England uh, had, I think, relatively modest target to get. I think less than it's definitely not more than run-of-ball. It was a very easy target for the Englishmen. Rain came again. They couldn't finish the minimum number of overs. And they had to share points. <laughs> this is now like in another World Cup. More rain coming the aid of Pakistan. It's it's like very telling how the rain gods uh, favor Pakistan when they need their help the most. So, for this game itself, you guys spoke about Rachindravindra Ravindra. I was just also looking at Kane Williams and walking back into the game and straight away scoring at uh, a healthy run rate, I think. Just short of yeah. uh, 100, right?
1: No, he, he was 120.
2: No, his score. Score was like oh. somewhere in the 90s, mid-90s, 95, I think. And, uh, yeah, I mean, so... Everything was going great for that second wicket and to reach 400 was phenomenal for those guys. I think Pakistan delivered when it mattered with the bat, right? T20-like situation and they delivered for the win. So I wouldn't take too much away from Pakistan for this game. I think they regrouped at the right stage now and certainly looked dangerous. If they bowl first and the ball is swinging, I think they're very much in with the chance in the in the playoffs too.
1: Afrivi went for nine and over. He went 90 without
2: wickets. That is true. But I'm saying if the ball is swinging, then these guys... Yeah.
0: I, I think they made the right call getting uh, Mohamed Basim into the team. They actually bit the bullet and decided they'll play four quicks. Forget mm. their spinners. So yeah. let's go four quicks and let's do part-timers for all the spin. Anyway, they managed to get themselves into the equation. So let's see what's going to happen.
2: Yeah, just to underscore, New Zealand need to have those two points to feel safe. You, even yep. getting one point is not enough. The only advantage for Pakistan is that they play later, which means that they know exactly what they need to do.
0: <laughs> yep, that is true. But they're also playing against England. And England will want to leave the tournament making a statement. Let's go back to that Australia versus England games. Australia's batting was sort of ordinary that day. They sort of waddled along to a score which looked a little insufficient. But Australia came back and kept on making inroads, including that first ball wicket of Johnny Bestow. And they just gradually rolled over England. Until Stokes was there, England was still in the hunt. The moment he holed out, that game was effectively over. But Big Ben is beginning to show his uh, capabilities, and who knows what that will result in.
1: The Adam-Zampa game. Zampa came to party with his bat, with the ball, and with his catching as well. It was a complete game. This Australian team is starting to feel like one player per game is, you know, putting up their hand and, you know, playing out of their skin. It was Zampa that day. Very, very ordinary batting, I thought. You know, except Steiners. And head at the top, of course, Zampa. We talked about Zampa. Everyone was less than 100, you know, strike rate. I thought, you know, Steven, Steve Smith was starting to get to find his crew and cotton bowl to Rashid. Rashid came to the party that day, I thought. I mean, he pulled fairly well. Yeah, England, till the point where Ben Stokes was playing and even when Mohin Ali was giving him company for a little while, everything seemed okay. But they just... The lack of fight is very insipid. Chris Works did bad a little bit, but I thought they just collapsed a heap. I don't know. Was the Zampa's bowling the best in the tournament in terms of figures till that point? I think so. Things would change the the next day. But Zampa's bowling till that day was like really, really good.
0: Yeah, no. Zampa had a 4-for-8 against Netherlands. Oh, true. But again, that was Netherlands and Netherlands tale. But Zampa was making a big difference there, even with the balls, against these Englishmen who refused to use their feet, which until two days ago was a sin. We'll talk about feet and cement feet later on.
1: By the way, Travis had Paul fire five overs that day, filling in for the absence of uh, Mr. Golf Cart. But
2: this tournament, at least, right? Steve Smith has not done anything to deserve that statue outside Wankade. <laughs> <laughs> really has to live up to his reputation now. Yeah, uh, The guy who's actually impressed me the most in the Australian lineup outside of the big show is Labishan, right? Fielding-wise, batting-wise, I think he's doing his job admirably that I would think that he has become like a linchpin in the batting order now, right? Neither of the wicket keepers are actually contributing with the bat. Inglis yeah. or Harry.
1: So Has, has he bowled been... so far? Has Labushin bowled so far? So. No. Okay.
0: On to the game at the Eden Gardens, India, South Africa. Rohit disappointed us by deciding to bat and not field against South Africa. The data analyst there gave him a sheet of paper and said, no, you're supposed to bat. Don't put those guys in. And what a start. He just completely obliterated Marco Janssen. What is this two wickets in power play? 91 runs in the first 10 overs. That was something. And then the wickets started turning. And then, of course, Virat and Shreyas played wonderful cricket.
1: The catch that bavuma took off Rohit Sharma. If he hadn't, I, I think he would have been very seriously hurt. <laughs> I mean, that ball was traveling. He middled it. I mean, everything about it, I think you needed a fielder of bavuma's capacity to be able to react and catch that. Just breathtaking. Something has flicked on with, you know, uh, Rohit, he doesn't care anymore. He, he's batting so freely, and it's just completely unlocking this whole team. KL Rahul after the first game has been meandering along, you know, hopefully he will come good in the next three or four games. Sky chipped in, it was Zampa's game the day before, it was Jadeja's game today. He, you know, really accelerated us at the end and I don't know what to say about this bowling attack (laughs) and poor Kuldeep, you know didn't come to bowl but i think the south africans were just stunned I, I honestly i mean this is just really really amazing bowling attack and then the whole the whole pakistani speculation that the pitches are being changed the balls are being changed there's a device inside the ball you know wasim akram very famously you know who put that in pavilion he was like <laughs> making fun of them uh, to a large extent. I mean, this this, this bowling attack is just great. i starting to feel sorry for Kuldeep, and then he comes and a couple of wickets in no time. At one point, I thought, maybe they will limp 200. It wasn't to be. I think we should talk about the class in LBW. The class in LBW gave at least him a lot of grief. I think there are a lot of people who are upset by it. But I don't think it matters the way these guys are bowling that day, maybe they would have scored another 15-20 runs at most.
2: A couple of things I called out before the game. One was basically I, I knew that no matter which team won the toss, they would choose to bat. I knew that India were far more confident of batting first and putting those guys uh, in an uncomfortable position. I already knew that South Africa would come into this game in a defensive mode and would want to bat first and get out of this game right that proved true my other thing was I thought they would not pick Shamsi given this is India mm. and that they will go with what's the other uh, option they had I think codes uh, here right so mm. he I thought they would go with him because he was he was kind of nippy and it looked like uh, another option for them surprised that they went with the two spinners and in the end it didn't matter but just thought that they would have appreciated the chance to have another batting option in the order. But having said that, I think while talking about how many runs Yansen leaked initially, it was interesting that I was talking to one of the coaches here in the Bay Area, and he said that it's not that Jansen was bowling badly. He was generating swing. In fact, the two leg side boundaries that he gave, they were buys or they were flicked. To the left, yeah. You right. are actually going for the swing, and it wasn't landing, and then he was over-correcting and all that. But even the proper shots, and he especially called out Gill's shot. Two swingers to Gill, and Gill let them go, go back, go to the keeper, and then he came in with the classic a two-one thing, right? He came with an in swinger. Gill was unfazed. He knew it was an in swinger. And just merely his, you know, short jab uh, thing he does on the leg side and the ball raised to the boundary. It's not like everything was Jansen's fault and he was bowling crap. He was actually doing whatever he was doing before that. It's just that Gil and Rohit were too good for him that day to came out. I mean, it wasn't like Ingidi was doing too great on the other side as well. So, there was no pressure applied to the batters because they were treating both of them just the same and going after runs. But Rabada did make a difference. As soon as he came, he got rid of Rohit. Yeah. I mean, Bouma caught a tracer bullet. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, tw- I just checked, 22 whites. South Africa bowled 22 whites. Uh, Some of them were like five whites. The five, of- five white. The two five yeah. whites, yeah. yeah. I think that three. Gil shot needs a name of its own. Gilly shot or whatever. <laughs> Gilly danda. Yeah. Gilly danda shot, yeah. It's very awkward. I I almost feel like, you know, he's cramping, which we'll talk about. It's right sort of, of
0: a high elbow sort of jab, right?
2: Doesn't matter, like, side or offside, he does that. You mentioned Rahul Anand, I think his role is a bit of a floater role, right? The games he has shined is when he had to, you know, Rest. and not go after the bowling.
0: Yeah. Those
2: things, like, you know, Almost a century in one and even the game against England, they had almost a hundred and partnership yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. but if he comes down the order and he has to like, you know, take on the bowlers, I think both times he has gotten out while trying to force the issue with the bowlers. So no, that's something we'll have to look for.
0: I think the model is for Ayer to come and play aggressively. If you get out early, then Rahul will come in and- sort of consolidate and settle the whole situation. If Ayer is batting and starts scoring, and he can score very rapidly, after that, I mean, if enough overs are over, I think Sky should be batting and not Rahul. They should just Mm -hmm. flip that order. So, but the problem is Sky is not scoring. He doesn't look very fluent. Again, I think uh, Sky has been picked for that one game or two games where he's going to deliver. And yeah. I'm sure that team management is waiting for that one of those game, one game to be either the semi-final or the final. Yeah. Because there's one game he's going to take off. Or Because, yeah. yeah. And I'd rather that he do it in the semi-finals, finals kind of time rather than against poor Netherlands, at the Chinnaswamy. So- yeah,
1: that's for the century number 50, I think. <laughs> By the way, I mean, the two sixes that Shea has hit again. Oh my God, timing plus power. You know, I've seen Rahul hit those sixes. I mean, Rohit is nonchalant, but I've seen Rahul hit those sixes. But Shea seems at a different level. Uh, I don't know if it's a bat speed or, you know, he's far more powerful or whatever. When he connects, the ball just stays hit. I suppose this is what the selectors see.
2: India's bowling again now. So one of my friends said he, by just going by the performance and not the stats, this is how he rates India's bowlers uh, in this game. So, you start with uh, Bumrah, He's doing really great. Then Kuldeep. Uh, then Shami. Then Jadeja. And then <laughs> Siraj. But Siraj is the number one ranked ODI player today. <laughs> this team is that good right now, was his comment.
0: <laughs> now, on to the game with the timeout. Sri Lanka and Bangladesh. I considered this one of those boring, uninteresting games. But boy, was I wrong. Sri Lanka limped on their way to something for, what, three for 130. And then came that great timeout episode. A lot of things have been said about it. At the end of the day, I think, Angelo Matthews did the wrong thing. Shakib did the wrong thing. The umpires did the wrong thing. What happened later with all the venting in public by Angelo Matthews in a press conference, that was poor. The walking away without shaking hands. And then, of course, the fans. What a mess. And everybody is pointing fingers at everybody else. At the end of the day, it was needless. It probably would not have made a difference the way Angelo Matthews was batting. I thought, though, Shaki batted very well. And so did Shanto. I did not see the Asalanka innings, so. I don't know how good was century was.
1: I saw Koush He was he was very good. You know, rescued the team, and particularly after Angelo Matthews got out, I think Asalanka was. He showed us why he's rated as one of the best number fives in the world. Surprisingly, the scorecard says that Angela Matthews spent four minutes on the crease. <laughs> so, so that's for what it's worth. We should talk about Mother Madhushankar has been a revelation. Even in this game, very, very impressive. Tikshana was, was okay in this game, but he's got a mixed World Cup so far, which has really hurt them. But Madhushankar has been a true savior for them. He's 31 wickets in his in his 14 one-day international so far. That is very, very impressive. He already has one four-wicket haul, one five-wicket haul, and he's only 23. A very exciting prospect for Sri Lanka.
2: No, in high school I once broke my uh, timepiece and my grandma without missing a beat said <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's how I felt about the whole episode with Angelo coming in it, It's really the nonchalance nature that got punished more than anything else He can't just yeah. walk in like that and then ask for a helmet without consulting anybody, like you know there are officials around you're supposed to take guard at some point and uh, they was i think going to let it slide but shakib uh, did make the appeal right and i think it was yeah. somebody who was in the, within the circle who came up to shakib and uh, kind of indicated and then shakib said yep let's go with it again he his motivation could have been like you know uh, we we just, I mean, one of you guys, I think, pointed out that earlier today that there is a $500,000 participation fee for every team. the yeah, champions uh, in trophy. trophy. He can't go face the b- board <laughs> by being, you know, upholding the spirit of cricket or whatever. <laughs> Unwritten law is there around this. He, I think uh, he did justice to the commercial aspect as well as to getting a move on in the tournament for his team. So... What else could you do in this modern era, right? He made the appeal and then it's not like, you know, he can go back. He had already made his mind that he's going to call for it. So all this taking sides on this issue, I feel that it's not warranted at all. Everything went by the book, but it got sore when Matthews decided to double down and start accusing everybody and start doing all that nonsense in the press conference. I think you need to know when to back out of something and accept what you've done wrong. So that was my final call on that one.
1: Alan Donald, uh, the Bangladeshi bowling coach, said that was not on, and he almost walked into the field and asked Shakib to withdraw it. I don't know. Maybe he should. Uh...
0: Yeah, the flip of it is, I consider that comment from Alan Donald hypocrisy. All yeah, these yeah. guys have a lot to say when they're in positions where sitting outside when the. Rubber beats the road, nothing happens. If he really wanted, he should have just gone out of the field and what asked for this to be changed and potentially threatened his paycheck. That he didn't do, right? It's very easy to say stuff outside. That's my take, at least.
2: I mean, Sri Lanka, I think I feel for them a little bit in the sense that increasingly, this is not their first choice, Levin. They're trying to do as much as they can with what they have. So this is not the Asal Lanka. <laughs> 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 I kind of wistfully was thinking about what if West Indies may had made it to the tournament. Yeah, Sri Lanka had their first choice level. It could have been a completely different tournament. Nothing would have changed yeah. for you. it. Would have been a more interesting middle of the pack situation than what it is today. Like.
0: True, but we have to note one thing: every team has won two games which is better than it has happened in the last three World Cups. Then what would West Indies have done? They would have gone and beaten two guys in the middle, just like that. On that mm-hmm. day, Nikki Puran would have gone crazy and all you can do is wave a white flag. Right? Yeah. In fact, if I go back to 2019, there's so much talk by Pakistan about how Dhoni and Jadav and India caused them to lose out from making the semifinals. They didn't on the run rate against New Zealand, ironically. But the real reason was they got rolled for 109 by the West Indies. So that is what West Indies would have done. And in fact, they were about six inches away from eliminating New Zealand. That was that shot by Carlos Brathwaite, which Trent Bolt held on the line and had that ball gone just two inches above. That was six in the game. Netherlands did win two games
2: not to take anything away from Netherlands and West Indies failed to qualify, mm-hmm. but uh, they have players who are well aware of the Indian conditions that better than some of the other teams that are struggling here.
0: Yeah. Yep, that is true. That is true. Now, let us go to the new statue at the day Glenn Maxwell. <laughs> what a fantastic innings. Afghanistan continued to show a lot of efficiency. There was a brilliant 100 by Zadran and The bowlers took off in the beginning. At 91 for 7, it was over. Then comes one LBW appeal. And then Mujib dropped that catch. Is Mujib the
1: worst ever fielder? (laughs) I don't think he can field. (laughs) Not only that,
2: uh, they they didn't move him from that position even after.
1: (laughs) Zampa, he didn't want to get timed out. So he was like... Pretty much camped out on the <laughs> fence. I feel sorry for teams who have who have to play at one kaday and then bowl first. And Maxwell, you know, bowl ten overs, and he was actually at one point. I think he was thirty four or thirty five of sixty balls or fifty eight balls or something. And then the lbw happens, and then the catch gets dropped, and he's like, "Okay, today is my day," and it's just you know, crazy hitting. The thing that I I couldn't understand is they held back Nabi until over 33. And the more Maxwell cramped, they would continue to bowl in his arc. I don't know. Maybe they were just completely frazzled, including Rashid Khan, who actually bowled really, really. You know, if you look at his without the context, you look at the scorecard, he actually had a pretty decent game. But, oh my God, I mean, Rashid batted very well that day. He bowled, you know, reasonably well that day. I mean, what do you what do you do to Maxi at that point? And, you know, we've all seen that video now when he's actually lying on the ground and you know, going through spasms. I don't know who Kimber or one of them actually said. When the physio came in and they were seriously considering taking him in, The physio said, if you go in now, you won't be able to recover. You're not playing again. And Maxi said, screw this thing. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go do this. All of that is just, it's still sinking in. Everyone from Chris Srikant to Kimber to the, everybody's elated. I think it's one of those innings that it raises the spirit in pretty much everyone, starting with, you know, Ben Stokes. Everybody was effusive. Yeah. Great stuff. I think we watched one of the best batting performances or sporting performances that we can. And, you know, lucky are us who actually got to see it live. Yeah, Stokes
2: has to be careful now when he talks about his knees. He has a guy who didn't even need his legs to score. (laughs) Like, you you mentioned it already. Why did they not bowl wide to him? Like, why did they keep feeding to, to his arc and then having him play those golf shots, right? Even the ones that he kind of wedged, they didn't have a slip or anything. So it was just like they decided that some wicket will somehow fall and that yeah, they can pop yeah. up the uh, the innings. Uh, that That's inexperience speaking there. The second thing, this is the second time that there's been a Cummins and Maxwell partnership where Cummins has played the most invisible role and the big show happened at the other end. So it's really like, you know, they they had a little bit of a template to follow in this game, and they did that to perfection.
1: Cummins edged for edged a boundary, right? I think well, the boundary he hit was an edge, or his strike rate would uh, be worse. And as Kimber pointed out, his overall ODI career strike rate fell <laughs> after this one inning. This <laughs> <It's> just remarkable. <laughs> it is just completely remarkable, right? I mean, yeah, two hundred and one runs. Of which I think 100 and nearly 165 or so was scored by uh, Maxi, and then 12 by Cummins, and the rest were extras.
2: Amazing, amazing stats.
1: Yep. Yeah, uh, I was like starting to hope will he do a Virat and try to score all the runs himself. <laughs> he didn't need any uh, help, and Cummins did play out over 43 as a maiden. <laughs> we all know Cummins can hit, and on the other end you see this you know explodes explosion of batting. It needs remarkable patience and finally, you know, maybe this was the reason why Cummins is the captain of this team and is playing in the World Cup. This is his contribution to the World Cup.
0: No, in the Uh, whole innings, from what I saw, there was only one false shot. Only once he he tried to swipe a ball outside the off stump. And otherwise, he was just resolute in defence. He was also not getting beaten. Yeah. Uh, uh, There was one
2: Rashid Khan over where I thought it was getting closer and closer to the edge, but he just stayed away from those balls.
0: I I thought Stan just sort of panicked. After the catch was dropped and this guy hit two, three, fours and sixers, suddenly they became anxious. And after that, they just lost it. They lost their energy, their calm. And it was a little too much. And Maxwell had nothing to lose, Right. Even if he had got out, they would have lost. Big deal. They were losing anyway, right? It's sheer inexperience. What about Nabi? They didn't want Nabi to bowl because that would be in the arc of both these guys, especially Maxwell. And that is why they kept him away. And that probably was an error because the guy is very experienced. He might have winkled out something. But even when he bowled, he was hit for a few runs very quickly.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that is true. I think the more he cramped, the more he started hitting, hitting out wild as well. The sheer number of records that were broken that day, you know, you bat at six and score a double century, I don't think we'll see it again. In terms of the percentage of runs scored, I don't think we'll see it again. It's just fabulous stuff.
0: It was a delight to watch another very good game in this World Cup.
1: So, Stark, I, I'm, I'm still puzzled why he didn't appeal. Like, you know, he did not edge it. And Stark came back. And I think at that point, had they already given up? What was
0: the thought? The ball hit the stump. Yeah. So what Stark thought was a noise. He didn't feel it. He thought it was a noise. The noise was of the ball hitting the stump. Yeah. It's only later that he discovered. I'm pretty sure that uh, they would have, they had a review. They would have done the review. It was just a mistake.
2: Yeah. So if you look at it, he, he, he thought they yeah, eventually it, uh, caught behind, but it didn't touch the bat. But actually flicked the pads, then the stumps, and then went up. And then he actually dove, popped out of his gloves, and then he caught it airborne again. So there was a yep. lot happening, enough to confuse Stark. And he was like, okay, enough is enough. I'm leaving. <laughs> You're going to give me out for one thing or the other. <laughs> Too many things <laughs> happened. Uh, broadcast, if you uh, guys heard it, they were, yeah, rightfully so, this was a chase uh, for Maxwell and then came in at 94, uh, I mean, the situation was 94 for 7 and from there he launched a counter-attack, right? And the conditions and everything. And then they started comparing it to other World Cup innings and they mentioned Sir Viv Richards' 183 not out. <laughs> and how he batted along with holding. They kept going and going. And then they went, I even forget now, went to some obscure score by somebody who did with the same thing. But uh, ABD Villiers score against West Indies that came. And I was like, hello, hello, you're missing the innings of Lifetime. <laughs> like, how can these guys forget that? They don't send their BBC crew to that ground and they're still refusing to <laughs> acknowledge that innings of great value.
1: The interesting thing is Srikant, the one of the very few people who actually saw that innings, refused to compare it to Maxwell's innings by simply saying it's different eras, there's no point comparing. But he said, I've seen couples innings, and he said, I don't think I've seen anything like what Maxwell did. I think the the spasms and his inability to move added a layer of drama. I think that's what the heightening of the drama, just to see him, you know, fight. I think mean, we all like to see it at some level. I don't know how many double centuries Rohit has. When Rohit is on song, he's just delivering in, in sixes and fours. But that was towards the end. Maxwell did score about 60 odd runs, running singles and twos, right? I think all of that took a toll. And I, by the time he was 60, he was spent. I, I could see that he was barely running. He was like completely wiped out. And from there to, you know, doing this is just his day and he found some strength and reserves that he didn't know existed.
2: By the way, Andy Zalzman yeah. is on record saying that that Tundrills match of Kapil Dev, that was his first game that he watched live.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. Yes. Was this Afghanistan's chance to make it to the semifinals? If they had won?
0: I don't think so, because they still have to beat South Africa, because yeah. they're not going to get anywhere on their run rate. Yeah. They had a couple of bad losses in the middle, and that hurt them. Not the one against India, against some other guys, and that really hurt them.
2: Last two, Bangladesh, yeah. like we called out last they time. They lost to Bangladesh, yeah.
0: That's that's what I think pushed them back. So, anyway, on to the...
2: It's not the first Australian to score a one-day double century. Double
1: century, yeah.
2: Yes. But
0: On to the European Derby. Which is the best team of Europe? England or (laughs) Netherlands? I didn't see the match. But looking at the scorecard, looks like England handily took care of the Dutch in this game.
1: When they batted, they were motoring along. When alien species invade Earth and they discover cricket and they say, you know, who are the best batters? And somebody points him to Root and they'll see this dismissal. They'll pack their bags and go back home. If this is the best of the sport and, you know, Joe Root when he pulls that shot off is quite a sight. But I've not seen a more comical dismissal than that. He was like bowled between his legs with the bat, you know, flapping around was very comical. I don't think he'll ever want to see that. I actually want to see if Joe if Root would try that shot again in this World Cup. If he has the confidence to try that shot again in this World, world Cup. Cup. I suppose Ben Stokes was inspired by Maxi. He came to the party. Chris Wokes. If you listen to Ashwin, Ashwin thinks the world of Chris Wokes. Ashwin thinks that Vokes is the complete cricketer who has all you know natural talent and everything, which is quite a Huge thing coming from a person like Ashwin. And, you know, finally, Vokes has been middling, scoring the 30, 40-odd runs, even against a game in Australia. He was the one who was batting there. Finally, he delivered, batting at eight fifty, and then Stokes teed off. These guys, I think they scored 130, nearly 140 to 150 runs in the last 15 overs or something. Moeen is like, you know, he he's batting as if he has a plane to catch. This is not the Moeen Ali of CSK. This is this is feeling like the Moeen Ali of RCB. He just does not want to bat. He's like trying, figuring out ways to get out. When Ali got out, it was 192 in the 35th over. They scored 140 runs in the last 15. With Vokes for support, Ben Stokes has teed off. The last game for England will be very interesting. All these guys coming to form and Butler... He cut a sorry figure. He said he's really sad that he's not able to contribute. I'll be rooting for Butler. Vox is
2: uh, like your Dropbox or something, like born in the cloud. He needs that cloud cover, man. He <laughs> <approves it. laughs> for all his intent and, you know, eagerness with which he comes to the game, his best performances always have a cloud cover.
1: <laughs> By the way, look at the both Wokes and Wiley were swinging it today. Was, they were swinging the ball. Uh, I saw a little bit of their bowling. It was like proper English bowling. I was actually surprised that the Dutch made that far. I thought this was a less than 100 game.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: Nida Manuru finally hit a few lusty blows today, by the way. Scored 40 yards, three sixes. And he was the reason why they you know accelerated towards the end. Mm-hmm. Aryan Dutt, oh my goodness. The guy bowls a... Neck high full toss on the leg to Ben Stoke, who promptly dismiss, dispatches it, and then then the, the follow up ball again was dispatched to another six. Yeah, the, the really interesting thing is when people were talking about great one day international innings, and our mind is you know basically coupled there. Others were like the one eighty three of uh, Viv Richards or one eighty nine of Viv Richards. Generally, we all you know forget the twenty nineteen finals, Ben Stokes. It basically comes right. Every Englishman remembers that. Every Australian will remember this maxi innings for the rest of their lives. But yeah, everybody was talking about that. And we all, when we think of that innings, we think of the the four from the bat in the last okay. over. So perhaps that diminishes it. And the catch, that wasn't Guptil who caught it and then stepped over the line. Bold. Uh, but yeah, bold. Yeah. But it's one of the all-time great innings. I can't wait to see what Stokes does in the last game.
0: And talking of the last game, let's go on to the final round of the league phase. New Zealand and Sri Lanka at the Chinnaswami. It appears that it has been continuously raining in Bengaluru. Looking at the forecast, it seems that they might get about four or five hours of play. Yeah. Assuming that these guys have kept the field covered, that ground is supposed to drain very fast. Yeah, But I don't know whether they cover the entire ground like, say, in Sri Lanka or somewhere else. If they don't cover the entire ground, if it's got a soaking for the last two three days, I'm not so sure whether they'll be able to play much. And I think we talked about it earlier that anything but a win for New Zealand is going to reduce their chances. If they lose or even if they pick up one point from a no result, it's going to play into Pakistan's hands. Or rather, they'll be dependent on... Ben Stokes and his many men to take down Pakistan. If the game is played, I cannot see Sri Lanka being able to hold off New Zealand. But in a short-term game, anything can happen. Thoughts?
2: No, weather, weather is key. It doesn't matter whether New Zealand finally has 11 or not, right? So, yeah, I, I know Sanjay Bangar on our on kind of talked about the drainage system and all that. But like you said, unless they cover the entire ground, I, I really don't see a game happening and chances of rain are 100%. The curse of Chinasami will prevail. This time it's hitting New Zealand for some reason. If it was the number of boundaries last time around, looks like it will be the number of raindrops this time around.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, they they could have avoided all of this. You know, four games before, before the Pakistan game, they shouldn't have lost. I do feel sorry for them. As much as South Africans are the seaward, New Zealand seems to be the really unlucky team when it comes
0: to World Cups. Afghanistan is playing South Africa at the Motera. It's a no-op game. Afghanistan really, realistically, has no chance of making it through to the semi-finals. They will need both New Zealand and Pakistan to lose, and they have to beat South Africa. Of course, if South Africa bats second, who knows what's going to happen, right?
2: That's what I'm saying. There's a chance for South Africa to reverse the trend, even if they win the toss bat second, and get over that hump, right?
0: They have nothing to lose, so you're that right. And if they lose
2: to Afghanistan chasing, <laughs> they
0: going to be a problem. But at the end of the day, one dropped catch and then lost to Nuggins is what's probably going to sink Afghanistan. There was two games that they could have gone the other way. The next one is in Pune, Australia versus Bangladesh. Australia doesn't care. Bangladesh needs this win for the Champions Trophy berth. I really cannot see Australia tripping over Bangladesh. It's going to be very, very tough for Bangladesh to make any kind of an impact. Thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think they're done with Bangladesh. I think they're done. And with uh, Pune, the outfield is just lightning. It's a great ground for Australia. And I think at this point, Australia is are finally firing all cylinders.
2: So, any changes that Australia will, or, or
1: experiments,
2: they'll try to do?
1: If Smith's vertigo is better, then he comes in for
0: stoniness.
2: For stoniness.
0: I actually think they'll ask Maxwell to sit. It's really a no-op. I mean, South Africa is playing Australia in one of the semi-finals. The first and the second depends upon some other match, right? And Bangladesh, no captain. And they'll probably be at the receiving end of a lot of uh, grief. About all the time out.
2: And Bangladesh uh, vice captain is not either uh, Mushfikir or Mahmudullah, right? It's, uh, what's his name? Hriday or somebody?
0: No, I think. Shanto. Shanto is, Shanto, Shanto is the captain. So uh, they have Mohammadullah, they have Mushfikur, they have Litondas, or all captains at some point of time. But Shanto is going to be captaining tomorrow.
2: Yeah.
0: Or whenever the game is. And incidentally, I think that's a day game, is it? Yeah, it's a day game. Yeah. The Pune game is a day game. Then the big game, Pakistan versus England at the Eden Gardens on Saturday night. All the Pakistanis are watching this game very, very closely. I would think if England is playing anything like they normally do, they should just get over this Pakistan team. And if it's going to turn, England will beat Pakistan. And if New Zealand does manage to pick up two points, Pakistan has to play a completely different game. They have to bat first and they have to score enough runs to make up for that 130-run deficit they have. My expectation is though, that uh, England will win this game.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that Butler has something to feel cheerful about. It's really sorry. He's one of the true white ball greats. And he's been so morose this whole. I want to see the firing Butler one last time. And Bairstow also... Everybody there, I mean, Berstow, Moeen Butler, they all feel like they want to go home as soon as
0: possible. Yeah, and I'd like to see Big Ben doing a final takeoff before...
1: Actual uh... serious retirement. (laughs) Uh,
0: No, no, he needs to be ready for next March, right? I'm talking with IPL. And uh, the last game of the league phase, brilliantly scheduled, just in case the host wanted to get a net run rate boost at the end. So, who do you play? You play Netherlands. And where do you play them? You play them as Swami. This is an inconsequential game for both teams. And what is India likely to do? I think there's an outside chance. They might ask Prasad Krishna to play ahead of Bumra. But I doubt they'll see any other changes. Swami so mean, is a good place to get a 50th 100 too, right?
1: So. Yeah. But this could also be the game that India doesn't get the two points. If it keeps raining, like Bangalore rain. Dust, you know, pour for about an hour and then it clears. New Zealanders, really unlucky that it just stayed that way.
0: I guess we'll know in the next few hours what their chances look like. And I still believe if it's a shortened game, then anything can happen between Sri Lanka and New Zealand.
1: Yeah.
0: A full-length game, I don't know. I doubt Sri Lanka has anything to hold on.
2: So chances no. are that it will be an Australia-South Africa semi final and India versus either Pakistan or New Zealand, the other
0: will fall correct, but because of the peculiarities of the schedule we don't know what is going to be played where and when if New Zealand makes it it will be the first semi-final India versus New Zealand at the Vankede and the second one Australia and South Africa at Eden Gardens. If Pakistan makes it, the first semi-final will be between Australia and South Africa at the Vankede and the second semi-final between India and Pakistan at the Eden Gardens.
1: Australia, South Africa, one win the toss and that's it? Is that it?
2: Australia already have two statues of their playing.
1: <laughs> Who designed that statue? <laughs> I get it. Okay, But why would they even open it? <laughs> Did anybody see that thing coming?
0: <laughs> uh, Think about it,
2: man. This, this World Cup has kind of diminished such into a level where Crowd is chanting Rachin, Rachin. Instead of, chanting,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you make somebody else's <laughs>
0: statue and then put his name on it.
2: So, I mean, if it were me and it was my product, I will go and see if I can do anything about Steve Smith's face now.
0: <laughs> 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 so, with that, we come to the end of this episode. We'll be back in a few days after the end of the league phase when we'll talk about the last few games and then. Give a short preview of the two semi final. Okay. So, until then, goodbye. Today, our hosts were Vijay Kumar Balasubramanian, Anand Kumar Shankaran, and myself, Pasant Kumar. Thank you, everyone.